0: Oh, good morning, everyone. We're glad to see you this morning. Are you glad to be in church today? Amen. Thank you for being here. Our choir is going to open up this morning. You pray for us. I told them this was our Christmas song. This is called "That Name Is Jesus." I hope it blesses your heart. Come on, trio.
1: i Sharon, spotless and pure Lamb of God. Jesus, the lion of Judah, the promised Emmanuel, God's son. Jesus, my Lord and creator.
0: you know him this morning. Amen. Let's all stand together. Thank you for being with us on this Sunday morning. We're so glad you're here. Pastor Ken's going to open us up. Let's sing like we mean it now. Make a joyful noise as we serve the Lord this morning. Brother Ken.
2: Amen. As we stand together this morning, you're going to need a blue songbook with you. It's an old hymn. We're going to sing glory to his name. We'll slow it down. Sing an acapella. Y'all pay attention to the words. Sing it like you mean it this morning. Let's praise his name. Page two, glory to his name. That's
3: page two. Down at the cross where my Savior died, down where for cleansing from sin
0: open us up in prayer. Thank you for being here, Brother Whitlow. Yes, sir. Let me give you some prayer requests as Pastor Whitlow comes to lead us this morning. Uh, We've been sharing with you what's going on about Brother and Sister French's daughter, Sandra Dalton, uh, after, come on up, preacher, after a fall a couple of days ago, she had bleeding on the brain. There is unfortunately no brain activity. And they have disconnected her from life support now and are waiting on the Lord. So please pray for them this morning. Also, if you would, please pray for Sister Jessica Beer. Uh, She's been in the ER uh, with some significant challenges she's facing. And the brother John Wasoski has also just gotten out of the ER this morning. Would you pray for our services today? We need the touch of the Lord. If you're glad to be in house, say amen this morning. Preacher, pray for us if you would. Amen. Let's pray
4: together. Father, we love you today. What a privilege to be in your house this morning. Lord, may we not take this time for granted, for there are many that would love to be in the house of God, but they cannot be. And then, Father, I think about these that are hurting today. Father, we sure are thankful for your grace and your mercy and your peace. And, Father, I pray especially during this time of year for those that have had loved ones to go on to glory this past year. And, Father, it's going to be the first time they've spent Christmas, maybe even alone. So, Father, I pray that you would just wrap your loving arms around them. Lord, just encourage them. Lord, help them and remind them how much you love them. Lord, also remind all of us that those loved ones, Lord, we've not lost them. When they're a child of God, they've just went on ahead of us a little bit. It's not going to be very long until there's going to be a glad reunion day. And so, Father, until then, help us to be faithful. Help us, Lord, to serve you and live for you. And, Lord, help us to lead other people to you. Now, Father, be with the preacher today. God, I pray, anoint him from heaven. And, Lord, there could be one here in this room today that doesn't know your Savior. Or maybe even one watching online today. And, Father, I pray, may the Holy Ghost of God go through those airways. And, Lord, touch that heart. And may they see the need to trust your Savior. May they realize today is a day of salvation. So, Father, I pray, have your hand up on this place. Use it in a mighty way, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, preacher. You can be seated, folks. I want to share something with you just before Matt sings this song. Brother Whitlow was praying for those who've lost loved ones this year. Two days ago, I was sitting at my desk at work and a higher education leader friend of mine who lives right outside of Chicago shot me an email and I hadn't heard from him in a while. So I was surprised when I saw his name pop up in my inbox. And I opened the email and he said, "Uh, Dr. Hodges, would you and your church please pray for me? Three weeks ago, I lost my wife of 37 years to cancer. And he said, I'm having a difficult time accepting that this is quote, the most wonderful time of the year. And I emailed him back and I said, brother, I'm so sorry, praying for you. I'll share it with my church and we're going to be lifting you up. I know holidays are challenging when when folks have had to bury a loved one and I sent it on and he emailed me right back and said, thank you, sir. And then he put in quotes, I've never had a prayer he couldn't answer. I want you to listen as we sing this one and sing it, buddy.
5: souls have tested him throughout the course of time so many still reach out to him
0: Amen. Thank you so much, choir. Appreciate that. Again, those of you who are joining us via live stream, we welcome you into our services. I got to share this with you. It'll put a smile on your face. We're very fortunate that and very blessed that our live stream goes out all over the world. Actually, we get folks watching all over the world. A lot of folks here in America will watch during the week. And uh, last week, I got a email on our church email account. I didn't know who this person was. They were actually from Kansas and uh, uh, emailed how much we love the service has been watching for a couple years since COVID. We love it. And the fellow said, preacher, I got to ask you a question. What in the name of God did you all do to the front of your church? So, uh, I I, I had to email him back and say, this is not Designs by Renee. This is a new Christmas drama that we're doing. And I appreciate, I want to just share how much I appreciate uh, the dedication of the cast and crew. We're delighted to be back doing this this year. Like all of you, they have endured so much the last four months, COVID, RSV, the flu, and most recently a stomach bug. But they are uh, uh, giving it 100%. We've had many decisions made for Christ the last two nights. And we're looking forward to again one more time tonight. So if you've not been able to come see it, Come see it tonight. I think it'll bless your heart. And I appreciate so much uh, uh, all that's gone into everybody, the dedication and sacrifices that you've made. Let me remind you, no services this Wednesday night. Mr. Renee and I are going to host an open house for our, our, our church congregation. Uh, the address is in there, 44 Old Meadow Drive. It's actually just right behind the church at the Chatham House, home of the college where we're delighted to reside. Uh, we'll provide sweet fellowship with desserts. It's between the hours of 6 and 8. It's a drop in. Come in and enjoy A good time together. We're looking forward to it. A reminder: next Sunday morning, uh, Christmas Day, we'll have 10:45 services only. If you're in town, I'd love to invite you. We'll have a good time. Very special day. Whenever Christmas is on a Sunday, it makes it extra special. So if you're able to be with us, I think you'll be blessed. Please be here. And then Wednesday, December the 28th, which is also the Wednesday after Christmas. Again, no services here, but we're going to Renee's going to host a ladies' fellowship uh, honoring Sister Amanda Smith at our house again, uh, still, 40, still the same address. I won't tell you, it's the same address. Uh, and we're gonna, she's gonna have a cookie exchange. Ladies, bring, bring some cookies and she's gonna provide some other snacks. Again, that's between six and eight, three dozen cookies, three dozen. When she told me that, I said, honey, are you really for sure? Three dozen cookies, Christmas calories don't count. Can I get a witness? Hey, man, But you keep that in mind if you would. Monday, January the 9th, a choir, please mark your calendars. We'll be preaching at the annual Jimmy Dillon Winter Jubilee on Monday night. We've kicked that meeting off for several years now. That's in Shining Light Baptist Church in Greensboro. Our choir will be singing. We'll, de- we'll take a couple of vans. We'll rent one if we need to because we've got one in the shop. But we'll depart from here at 545. And then those of you who live on the uh, the south southern end of the county, Andre Drive, where we always pick up, we'll pick up at 6 o'clock. And then also I've got a note in there to continue to to pray for Sister Shirley Price. I've given you her address where she is now in the uh, uh, assisted living center up in Hardy, Virginia. So please keep that in mind. And then one other announcement. This one might be a little odd, but I'm going to ask you to help us with it. Uh, Whenever you eat at Papa's Pizza, I haven't announced this in a couple of years now. Please let them know that you're from SAGBC. They are so generous. Their children went to our child care center. They are so generous. Whenever you uh, uh, go to Papa's Pizza, let them know you're from SAGBC. They'll take your receipt. put it in the SAGBC box and then three or four times a year they send us a percentage back and then that's how we uh uh, feed our cast at Christmas that's how we feed our teenagers for activities uh they give us several hundred dollars a year back and I don't want to rob them of a blessing can I get a witness amen so help us out with that if you would please fellas come on and make your way down if you would Miss Betty you come get ready to sing for us you be obedient With his tithes and your offerings, and the Lord will richly bless you for it. We're going to pray and ask God's blessings on the offering this morning. Father, it's in Jesus' name we come to you, saying thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given us to assemble ourselves together on this Sunday morning. I pray your blessings now would be upon the offering. May it be what you'd have it to be. Bless the gift and the giver. And Lord, may your presence be felt in our midst. As the songwriter says, all is vain. Unless the spirit of the Holy One comes down, meet with us today. We'll thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Fellas, take off.
6: Snow was falling down that night With no place to rest in sight Soon she would bring forth her son The end was full, so instead He was born in a stable bed There his life had just begun But how was she supposed to know As she wrapped him in swaddling clothes That her precious newborn son Would become a sacrifice? Oh, he would laugh and run and play But his manhood would bring the day When for the world he would choose to die Mary wrapped a present to the world On that first Christmas morn When her baby was
7: born Mary
6: wrapped a present
8: to the
7: world
6: There was no lighted Christmas tree JUST ONE BRIGHT STAR SO ALL COULD SEE WAY TO BETHLEHEM THAT WINTER'S NIGHT. MANY GIFTS THEY BROUGHT TO HIM, BUT A GREATER GIFT SHE GAVE TO THEM, FOR THROUGH HIS SON WOULD COME ETERNAL LIFE.
0: Amen. Wonderful job. Let's all stand together this morning one more time. Brother Ken will come lead us. That's a wonderful song, Sister Cano. Thank you so much. Let's make a joyful noise. Brother Ken.
2: Amen. We'll be singing Joy to the World. First and last verse this morning. That's Joy to the World.
3: Joy to the World. and makes a nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders and
0: wonders of his love all right we're change this morning from a normal routine those who are in children's church which is kindergarten and below you all come on with brother and sister Stovall this morning the older kids which is uh James and Anna's group you guys are going to stay up here this morning for the service everybody turn around fellowship ever how you are comfortable this morning kindergarten and below you all come on head down to children's church today look at all these good-looking kids Share one other quick thing will be a blessing to you, brother Ken. Will come sing on Friday night of our drama. Uh, we had a bit of a mishap. Um, had a little incident happen where uh, the nail on one of the, on the cross, one of the nails came off and actually landed on Chelsea's head. Uh, she was down, and you know, I, I joked with her after. I said, of the 75 people in this cast, the one that we did not need it to land on was Chelsea. And it landed on her head. She got a pretty serious gash, ended up at the ER up at Franklin County. Uh, But uh, Brother Andrew DeLello was shelling with me last night. He was up there with her, and they got to lead somebody to the Lord up there. So, amen. Isn't that great? I love how the Lord works. What a blessing. What a blessing. Uh, Six o'clock tonight, it'll bless your heart. Come on, Brother Ken.
2: Amen. I know this song will be a blessing to your heart as it is mine, not because I'm singing it, just because of words this morning. Many of us are going through trials, troubles. Hard times. Many of us in here this year has faced heartaches, losing loved ones, which we know they've graduated on to heaven. But still, they're not here anymore. We miss them dearly. Man, we face so many trials, so many troubles. As a good friend of mine told me, redemption does not mean exemption. Yeah. We will have to face many things in life. And I just want you to know, as we sing this song, as I sing this song this morning, I hope it forever rings in your mind that He will never fail you. You can look through the pages of history throughout the Bible. He's never failed anybody. He's never never failed a test. He's passed every one with flying colors. If you're having a hard time believing that God's got his hand on your life, just look over his resume. I was thinking up here this morning, just go back and ask Noah, did he fail you? Absolutely not. You can ask Joseph. Many times he was in despair, but he seemed to always rise back up to the top. Man, there's many, many pages you can go through the Bible and find out that he never felt Him not one time. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Hebrew boys there in the fiery furnace, he was there. Daniel in the lion's den, he was there. Never felt Him. I'm sure he probably thought there for a moment, well, this is coming to the end, and Jesus sat there and met him right there in the lion's den. said, come on, have yourself a nice little nap tonight. Told the Hebrew boys in the fire, come on down here, let's enjoy some air conditioning if you would like. Man, they was having a time. You can go through the New Testament and find many others. You can ask Mary and Joseph, did he fail you? No. Man, they, she, got, she had the opportunity to bring forth God's only son. Man, you can ask Peter. Man, he had a bad time running his mouth. He failed Jesus when Jesus needed him the most. And you can ask him later on in his life, did he fail you? No. He restored me and brought me back. I just want you to know this morning, maybe be an encouragement to you, that Jesus will never fail you. No matter what you're going through, He'll never fail you.
3: In the mess of this old world Sometimes I just need a word From heaven that everything's okay I try to walk by faith, but sometimes I'm so afraid, and I cannot see how God can make a way. But then I think, He's never failed me, never left me, not one time. not hurt never failed me and he won't start today he will make a way he's never broken as you feel. All your troubles, they are real. And I know you feel that God's forsaken you. But child, don't lose your faith. He is working while you wait. So just hold on
0: And if you can say amen to that church, amen. Come on, preacher. I am so delighted to have this family with us the last two years. Man, I love this couple. Uh, I am so thankful uh, for the calling God's placed upon their lives. And of course, I've I've known Amanda since uh, she was my knee high. And I, I appreciate them so much. Uh, I don't know how much you're gonna share, Brother Rob, but the, the story of how God brought them together is a miracle. Uh, and, and how he's worked in their lives and uh, we've been praying for the last few years now I said too few years now that God would help them as they've raised up their support they've done that and uh, after the first uh, uh, after Christmas uh, they're going to be heading over to England and uh, setting up shop there where, where Rob is from I've jokingly said that no matter what he says it sounds better because it's a British accent I mean it just sounds better but the reality is God's got his hand upon Rob's life he, given him the perfect help Me. Uh, And I'm going to share this with you, and I promise I'm going to shut up, Brother Rob. Um, I am so thankful that he recognizes what God has given to him. I had the great privilege of being part of the ordination committee that ordained Rob, and and, uh, each of the preachers were going around and and, uh, giving a piece of advice, and mine was simple: listen to your wife. (laughs) Amen. Listen to your wife. Because God gives her things, listen, fellas, that men just don't, I don't care what society says, we're not the same. God made us very, very different, and she understands things that he doesn't, and God's given him a perfect helpmeet for him. And I told her, don't change yourself one little bit for anybody. Be who God makes you to be. We love you all. We're so thankful for you and are excited about what God's going to do in their life. Do you love them this morning? Would you let them know? I've asked him to preach for us this morning. Sharp dresser, too. Yeah. I told him that would look better on me, but it wouldn't fit.
9: Well, good morning, everyone. If you think I'm nervous, you're right. And we also have something in common this morning. Brother Zach Newsom. good to see you, my friend. I love you, buddy. Thank you for being here. We already have something in common this morning. You all sound funny to me, and I'm sure I all sound funny to you too. Uh, I've told that joke wherever I've gone on deputation, and it's kind of fetching that I end it that way. This message I'm uh, about to preach to you this morning, it's one that I've... God has given me for the latter end of our deputation. You could almost call it my battle cry for the American people. Mm, I want to preach this morning on one man and his burden, because it only takes one. Amen. Now, there's several ways, depending on what country you, you come from. It depends on how you're going to pronounce this this morning, but we, in our, my humble abode, we call it Habakkuk. So if you're an American, you turn to the book of Habakkuk.
0: <laughs> so Habakkuk
9: chapter number one.
0: That's, that's really in the Bible. One. It really is.
9: <laughs> and uh, Habakkuk chapter number three. Move this down a little bit. I feel like I'm screaming at you. Um, this might have been written over 4,000 years ago. Yep. But it is still extremely relevant for us today. I believe it's more up to. I believe uh, that our Bible is more up to date than the newspaper. This morning, I yeah, believe that, yes, and and I know I know people like to say the story, and this is just my conviction. But I never believe anything in our King James Bible is a story. Yeah, a story implies it could be fictional, but this is not fictional. This is a factual book. This yeah. stuff. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
9: All right, devil. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, we're going to look at chapter number 1, verse number 1, chapter number 3, verse number 3 this morning. And the Bible says this, in the, in the, the burden which Habakkuk, the prophet, did see. Then chapter number 3, verse number 2. O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O, o Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years make known, in wrath remember mercy. Verse number 18, and I love this verse. This is probably one of my most favorite verses in all the Bible. Folks, it doesn't matter what the devil may throw in my path or how many wicked darts he throws at me. It doesn't matter what the politicians have to say. It doesn't matter what society has to say. There's one thing they'll never take away from the Christian. That is this verse right here. It says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Let's ask the Lord to help us this morning. Heavenly Father, God, we do thank you. And would you praise you, Lord, for the opportunity that it is to be behind the sacred desk this morning, Lord. And Lord, I'm begging you this morning, Lord, that God, you would speak through me, Lord. I can't do this without your help. And God, I can't do this without your power, Lord. If there's any preaching going to be done this morning, God, you're going to have to be the one oh, yeah. to do it, God. I beg you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Uh, for your presence this morning Lord we feel you here Lord we know that you dwell uh, here Lord because you're in the heart of every believer but God I beg you this morning Lord I speak to your people this morning uh, Lord I, I I, can't do what you can Lord but I pray Lord this morning Lord that you would speak uh, to your people through me Lord use me uh, as your mouthpiece God I, I beg you Lord that God maybe a decision will be made for you a life might be changed or somebody may even get called to preach Lord or somebody surrender to the mission field Lord this morning, God, I don't know what you're going to do this morning, but Lord, we've come expecting. Lord, we ask these things for that precious, that sweet, that most high, that holy, that precious name, Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. By the way of introduction this morning, Habakkuk is one of 12 books in the Old Testament called Minor Prophets. Now, that doesn't mean to say that what he has to portray this morning is minor Uh, In in his message, it just literally means that we've got three chapters here. Someone like Isaiah or or Jeremiah, they have 60 plus chapters. And that's, it just literally means the length of the book. I believe, as I've already mentioned this morning, that what Habakkuk has to tell us this morning is just as relevant back then as it is today. In fact, it's probably a little bit more relevant. Habakkuk lived in the era of a tyrannical and ungodly king. Every decision that, that king made went against God. He didn't care. Uh, he didn't consult God. He didn't consult godly men when he made his decisions. Kind of sounds a little bit familiar. Yeah. But we won't get political in the pulpit, amen? <laughs> but he lived also not only, not only in the era of ungodly king. The church didn't want to do right. Israel wasn't living right. Uh, they weren't really concerned about uh, the things of God. Their society was much like our society. That's right. Not only that, it was Habakkuk that had the unfortunate task of prophesying about the forthcoming Babylonian captivity. Yep, that's right. And knowing all this, Habakkuk one, we notice that he still had a burden. In the midst of all this, folks, he still had a burden. And can I, I submit to you this morning and differentiate a few things? A burden is a little bit different than a calling. Right. Folks, you may be burdened for something. A burden means a heavy weight. A calling is when God says, hey, I want you to go do this. But he had a burden. Notice that in chapter 1, verse number 1, we notice the burden. And can I submit to us this morning, folks, that God has never greatly used anybody that first did not have a burden. That's
0: exactly right. Good brother.
9: And can I remind us this morning that he lived in this tyrannical evil day. Yet he was still the one who said, Lord, if you want me to to be the one, to, to portray this message, Lord, if you'll let me, use me. Yeah. And folks, it doesn't matter how dark the day may be. It doesn't matter. And can I tell you when the nights are darkest, that's when the light's the brightest. Amen. 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 We are living in dark days. Habakkuk, folks, lived in dark days, which is why I think that this message, I have always told, called it my battle cry. It doesn't matter how dark America looks. It doesn't matter how dark the world looks. If one person, would stand in the gap and say, Lord,
8: Amen.
9: use me. Lord, would you let me be the one?
8: Amen,
9: preacher. And I'm not saying that you'd say that in, in pride or anything like that, but right. God's looking for someone. Amen. We, we, we read in Scripture where He says, as I was looking for someone to stand in the gap and I found no one. I'm begging someone today, be someone to stand in the gap. Amen. Habakkuk was somebody that stood in the gap. There's some things I want us to notice about Habakkuk's burden. This might be a little bit of a for some of them. But I don't believe a man like Habakkuk wouldn't possess some of these burdens. I believe that Habakkuk possessed a burden to be right with God, and folks, so should we. Folks, can I remind us that we are sometimes only Jesus Christ this world will ever see? That's right. Uh, People, even in America, have never picked up a Bible, only know Jesus' name as a cuss word. We are the only type of Jesus Christ that sometimes these people will see. Yes, it is important, folks. Our testimony is so precious. It takes years to build. It takes seconds to destroy. Amen. I know I've done it. Yeah. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Habakkuk had a burn for those in his household to come to know the Lord, folks. Why would we want our own family to die and burn in the devil's house? Yes, we have to do all we can to make sure our family is going with us. Habakkuk also possessed a burden for the people in his city to come to know the Lord. That's why God gave us the New Testament church to be the beacon, to be a pillar of light, to go out into our communities. I believe that Habakkuk possessed a burden for the church to obey the will of God. Folks, if we no longer want to obey the will of God, we better just shut the church doors and stay at home. We must obey the will of God. People, society, and I know this from my own country. We have a state church, the Church of England. And whatever that church does, that's what people think of Christianity. Oh, and so if the church does it, people look at it and say, why do I need that? Right. Why do I want that? Right. If, if they act like that what's the point in me going to church, the church must obey the will of God. And I know the church isn't the four walls. I know the church is the people, which kind of terrors in about we, we must be right with God. But, Amen, but most importantly... I believe Habakkuk had a burden for his nation. Yes, sir. To return back to God, God has given me a burden for my homeland. Amen, Rob. And He's placed the same burden on my sweet wife. Mm. Come on. Loves of people who yeah. really don't want it there, to be honest with you. Mm. Blessing, it's a supernatural love, and I can't—I can't tell you how I can't describe it. She loves those people more than me, but I know somebody who loves them way more yeah. than me and my wife does, and yeah. he died for them on a yeah. cruel tree. Amen. Yeah. But remember, folks, I said all this, but Habakkuk lived in the evil day. Yeah. He lived in a tyrannical day, and he still possessed a burden for his nation to seek revival. And folks, if Habakkuk can uh, possess the burden to, to seek revival, he says, revive thy work. He wants God there in chapter 3. He wants God to do something. He wants God to bring revival. And folks, I've heard it said many times. Well, I remember what it was like back in America's heyday, back in the 50s and the 60s, and America's on fire for God, and, uh, and we've seen many moves of God, folks. It doesn't have to stay in the 50s and 60s. It doesn't have to be confined to the history books this morning, folks. We can have it in 2022, and 2023 is coming upon us. We can have it. Chapter number one, if you read chapter number one of the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk is moaning and groaning and griping to God about what God has not done and i got to be guilty too and I'll put both hands up and sit down and put both feet up. During our deputation, I have moaned and I have groaned and I've griped to God about what God has not done. But folks, what about what God has done for yeah. us? Huh? Did he not give us breath uh, in our body this morning so that we could come and worship him? Did he not allow the car to crank uh, this morning so we could come The church? Did he not put a roof uh, over our head? Uh, I mean, uh, did he not put food on our table? Did he not give us a, a, a stove so we could be, uh, a, a wood stove so we could be uh, warm this morning on this chilly morning? What has God done for us? And we're too quick to look at God and say, well, God, you didn't do this. Or we turn into a Gideon and we throw out that fleece and say, if you'll do this, God, I'll do this. No. Obedience, simple faith. That faith of a mustard seed. And there's some things I want us to look at. The first thing, though, is I want us to look at this. some has to be some things. If revival is going to ever happen, folks, I love revival meetings. I love going away, and I love I love hearing a, a special guest preacher come in, or uh, and a special singers come in. I love it all. I love revival meetings, but you know, a revival meeting does not bring revival. Oh, that's
8: right.
9: Yeah. A revival meeting doesn't doesn't it isn't just uh, revival doesn't come just because people are happy and excited in the Lord, and they're running the pews, they're running the aisles. That's not revival. Right. Revival isn't just seeing people on an altar. Revival comes here. Amen. It comes at the heart of the Christian first. Amen. But there is one, some things that I want us to look at. I want us to first look at the basics of revival. And the first thing I see is Habakkuk realized there must be a fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord. Amen. And that is the fear of the Lord. Does that mean that we go over here in the corner and cower down and never, never look at God or anything? like No. Far from it. Fear of the Lord means to respect His authority. Amen. Respect his authority. Too many people in this day and age they won't even respect law enforcement, let alone the holy God. They won't even respect their own parents, let alone a holy God. There must be a fear of the Lord, folks. I believe we're truly living in that Romans three eighteen day. There is no fear of God before their eyes. We're living in that day, but you know what? That hasn't phased God. Amen. Amen. Not only is there a fear of the Lord, but there must be a heart. That is broken. Chapter one and verse number two. He talks about here. He says, "How long?" Uh, he says, "Oh, oh, how long shall I cry?" Now I know that could also mean crying out to God and praying and all that, but cry. It means there's some tears involved. Yeah. Uh, folks, I believe that uh, I believe that Habakkuk, his heart was broken for his nation. He looked around and saw what was happening in Israel, and as God's man, it grieved him. Uh, as, God's, uh, as, as a man of God, it hurt him to see the, his nation. Any Christian. We should look around America then. It should hurt us. Yeah, absolutely. You know yeah. what I love about America? No other country, even in the history of mankind, no other country has rose to power, fame, and greatness like America You're has right. in right. such a short space of time. Exactly. It took Europe thousands of years to get where they were. It took my country thousands of years to get where it is. But America, you know what you did? Joshua said, it's for me and my house. America said, it's for me and my country. We will serve the Lord. And God has used this country. If it was not for America, folks, I would never receive salvation. It was America that sent the missionary my way so I could be saved when well, I know where I come from. Listen. I know where I should be. I should be burning today. Mm. I should be dead, the stuff I was doing. I should be dead. But um, I, I, if it wasn't for America, I would have never married a godly woman. And whether we like it or not, folks, it, God is still using America to yes, send sir. out the missionary. But what will happen when America finally says no? It's saying no right now. But what about when it finally says no completely to God and the church door shuts for the last time? Oh my goodness! Habakkuk saw trouble on the horizon. Habakkuk was was, uh, was going was going to pray this prayer that is about to pray for a reason. Because he saw trouble on the horizon. God had already told him, hey, you're going to be taken away captive. If we're not careful, folks, America will be taken away captive from the devil. His heart was broken. He didn't want want his country to go down that road. Folks, I'm begging you. From one Christian that's, from a Christian that's come from a nation that had it all, the blessings of God, great men being sent out far and wide. My twin brother, Charles Spurgeon. (laughs) Spurgeon's the name, preaching's the game, amen. <laughs> but even, but even but even Charles Spurgeon, the last great preacher from England. Amen. Folks, they're all gone. Yeah. They're gone. Yes, they and there's been really no one in the last 150 years to really <coughs> take it, and it's just been a slippery slope downwards. Folks, I don't want that for America. Amen. Habakkuk did not want that for Israel. Not only is there a, a heart that must be broken, but I see there must be a soul that is stirred. If your heart's not broken, your soul won't be stirred. Sure, you'll be. It won't move you. You have to be moved. Not only do I see that there must be a fear of the Lord, a heart that must be broken, a soul must be stirred, but there is a call to action. Chapter two, verses one through three. We won't read them for sake of time, but I see there's a call to stand. He says, "I will stand upon my watch." Stand. What's standing? Well, it's not sitting. That's, well, that's one thing we do now. Amen. Amen. It's a call to stand. He says, I will stand upon my watch. And Paul says about uh, uh, that he will stand, fi- stand fast as well. Stand, having done all to stand. We've got to stand up. We're, we, we're too many times as Christians, we, we cower down and we let the world trample us and walk on us. No. We're very powerful people, Christians. I hope Amen. you know that. We have somebody that, uh, that dwells in us that is almighty, yeah. uh, all-powerful, all-knowing, all uh, and we think that we're just going to have to take the world and let them sit, stand on us and trample us down. No.
0: Amen. Stand up. Amen.
9: Stand. Habakkuk said, I'm going to stand. I'm going to let you know a few things here, uh, Israel. Not only do I see it as a call to stand, it's a call to watch. Yeah. He says, I will stand upon my watch. You know what that watching is? He was physically looking out for that enemy. Back in Habakkuk's day, they used to have big towers in the land. And they used to climb up them towers, and they used to look. They'd look over here and peer over what their neighbor's doing. It's like, oh, that's what you're using for those big grapes. Well, I'll go do the same thing. Yeah. Amen. No but, no, but they used to stand up there. Like uh, in Paul's day, he talks about the Roman army a lot. Uh, and those Roman soldiers, they used to build them uh, forts. And they used to stand there on them parapets, and they used to walk back and forth. Look, they were guarding. They were looking and watching. Out for that enemy, folks. Christians are no longer watching for that enemy. Right. And then when a, a dart from the enemy is fired at us, it side us. as it takes us
1: by surprise. Because
9: yeah. we're not looking out for him in the first place. Not only is a stand a call to stand, a call to watch, but there's also a call to listen. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to God's voice. Too many of us, no, we don't want to listen to God's voice anymore. we got the, we got the, the air, air, uh, earbuds in, and, uh, and we're listening to, to the music, and that's good, that's all well and good. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with music, but we're listening to that instead of listening to God's voice too yeah. many times. Amen. We must listen to God's voice. But what do we do Sunday night, folks? We take up prayer requests, right? Yeah. So we listen to each other, so there's a call to listen to one another. We have to listen to one another. Too many, too, too, much, too many Christians now. We, it's, it's me and I. Yeah, God help we, we don't care about anyone else anymore. It's just me and my family. Well, I'm glad it didn't happen to my family. What about, folks, when it does? You'll want someone to listen to you then. You'll want someone to pray for you then, won't you? Amen. There's also a call to listen to the lost.
8: Yes,
9: sir. Oh, they have a call. It's crying, help me. Somebody who has hope. They've gone to the bottle for hope. They've gone to the drugs for hope. They've gone to this for hope. They go to that for hope. And yet we have the answer of hope. We know the answer and we won't tell them about hope because we're too scared or what people may think about us. There's also a call to wait. Everyone that's served, serving. We do thank you for your service and trying to keep America safe from the foe. Physical foes as well as spiritual foes too, I guess. There's a call to wait. Wait upon the Lord.
8: Yes, sir. Amen.
9: Be still and know that I am God. That's not a call to be lazy, though. Amen. That's not a call to sit down and say, "Well, well God's not telling me anything." You know, what were they done in the four hundred year of silence? Well, God's not told us anything, so I guess we just sit down and do nothing. No, you still go on, uh, and you still tell people about Jesus. You still hand out tracts. You, uh, you still keep your testimony. Amen. It's called a call to wait. There's a call to stand, a call to watch, a call to listen. Folks, these are action words. When you're on your deathbed, it is far too late to try and change this world.
8: Mm.
9: Or when the rapture happens, and you're flying out of here through the air, it is too late to say, God, hold on a minute. Uh, this person's too late. We're going. We're gone. Action, the time of action is now, and the time of repentance is now, today. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. In fact, we're not guaranteed to get out of church today. He might come. We don't know. I'm not a date setter, but you look at the revelation, there's nothing left. It's set up. So we see there must be the basics for revival, but then I see there's the burden for revival. If you're not burdened to see America on fire for God again, I guess this won't apply to you. But I see, just like we've already mentioned, I see there's a desperate heart cry. Chapter 3, verse number 1. We're not going to read it for sake of time. But that place there, Shagoinoth, uh, and I'm not, I'm not big on my Hebrew, so if I have pronounced that wrong, I'm sorry. But Shegoinoth. It means a place of profound emotion. Man, he was praying in the right place. He was in a place of profound emotion. And dear friends, if we have that secret place where we go to pray, that is a place of profound emotion. Uh, I, we talked about that desperate heart cry. He was desperate. He was, he was pleading. He was begging out to God for God to do something. Yeah. This wasn't just a five-second wimpy little Church of England prayer. Oh, God. <laughs> we do ask you to stop this awful thing from happening. Amen. It wasn't like that. This man, he was on his knees. He was, there was tears rolling down his face. I mean, I believe that the, the veins in the side of his head were popping out. I believe he was bright red in the face. I, I believe that uh, he was groaning and his whole body was uh, uh, groaning under the, under the stress and under the pressure. Of what he was praying, uh, and we know there in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus was praying, "Father, not my will, but thine," uh, he he sweated uh, drops of blood, and medical doctors have proved that you uh, a person can get into such place of emotional stress and anguish that you can burst your blood vessels in your forehead. Now, I'm not trying to suggest that's how your prayer life has to be, but it's a good starting place. Amen. Look at the, it's not this thing is this thing is. And not only that, not only was he desperate, desperation. When a Christian cries out in desperation, God knows you're serious. When he sees the desperation of the Christian, he's like, now you're ready for me to do some work. Now now you're really crying out to me. Now you really want to help me. Uh, Let me help you. Let let me work through you. Because so many times, folks, I'll be honest, we'll get to this altar and we'll pray and say, God, you know, I'm going through this. But you know what? We'll still go back to the pew with the chip on our shoulder. Because we never really gave it over to God. Oh, my Habakkuk, in this moment, he was giving it all over to God. In chapter number one, we started looking at chapter number one. It's the, gro- the, the, gro- the, the, the moaning and griping chapter. What, what God's not done in Habakkuk's life. And then chapter number two, God's, this is the plan. Mm. And, and Habakkuk was like, well, no, no, this is the plan. Chapter number three, it's, oh God. Please remember mercy. When you're going through this wrath, when you're going to bring the the Babylonian army, please be merciful in your wrath. It was a complete dependency upon God at this point. And that's my next thing that we have to look at. For the burden of revival, there must be a dependency dependency upon God. We must get to the place that Jesus Christ is the only answer, plus or minus nothing. A complete dependency upon Him. You know what? God has allowed the Christian life to be that way. Folks, your salvation depends upon God. And the, work, the, the finished work of Christ on that cross, well, our salvation depends upon that. Yeah. Uh, the, the car that we drive, you know, that's a dependency upon God. The money that's in the bank account, that is a dependency upon God. The job that you go to, that is a dependency upon God. Yeah Amen. It's a complete dependency upon God, the Christian life was built that way. So for the burden, we need to see there must be a desperate heart cry there. There must be a complete dependency upon God. But when we get those two down, I see there's the blessings of revival. Because revival will come, but we've got to want it. Habakkuk realized that he could not remove the impending judgment of God, but he could stay the judgment of God. Look what he does. He says there in verse number two, he said, in wrath, remember mercy. He was begging God to be merciful. Folks, you can do the same thing as Habakkuk did. You don't have to be a world power. You don't have to be a famous person. You don't have to be big in the NFL. You don't have to do any of that. You just have to be a child of God to beg God for mercy. You can beg God to be merciful on America. We can beg God to be merciful on the world. This is the hope of the church, folks, that God is merciful to this lost and dying world. That God gives mercy. Revival, essentially, yes, it's a Christian being right. It's, it's all of the above. But revival is when God
0: yes, sir. remembers mercy. Yes, sir. Good.
9: We see that when God blesses revival, we can say that we rejoice because God is able.
0: Amen.
9: We can rejoice because God is available. Wouldn't it be awful if God made himself able, but he never made himself available? And you know, that's what separates Christianity from all other world religions. Their God is so far from them. Allah doesn't have a close relationship uh, with his people. It's a hope-so-think-so kind of religion. You know, they put us down. They put us to shame. They're so devout. They'll, they'll, they'll memorize the Quran. They can recite it. It doesn't matter where you tell them to start reading from. Uh, they'll, they'll, from memory, they can recite it. They'll pray five times a day. And they're religious in this fact. They're faithful in that fact. And our God mm. desires a close relationship Amen. with us. Our God made himself available. Our God came down to this earth. Our God died for us. Our God has given us forgiveness. Our God has given us the desires of our hearts. Yeah. We can't even stay but five minutes in the Bible every day. Mm. I'm guilty. I'm, not, I'm, preaching, I'm preaching to myself more than I am anybody else. made himself available. I don't have to wait for the Catholic priest to go down to the, to the little confession box every morning. I can get to God anytime, anyhow, anywhere. I can be in the grocery store, and I can get to my God. I can be driving down the road, and do not close your eyes because you'll end up in the ditch, but I can be driving down the road and I can get to my God. You know what? The sweetest times of being me and the Lord. I mean, there's nobody, if you look, there's nobody in that passenger seat, but there is somebody in that passenger seat, amen. There is somebody by my side. The sweetest times me and the Lord have had is when I'm driving to, a, to our next deputation appointment. Rejoice because God is always the same. He says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says, I, I am the Lord. I change not. That's why we can depend on Him. Because he doesn't change his mind with every whim. He doesn't change his mind with every new scheme of man. He doesn't. He says, I am the same. That's why you can depend on him for every aspect of life. We can depend on him. If he says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, folks, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, will be saved. That is a promise you can rely on. God says uh, in, in, in the book of 2 Peter, he says uh, that uh, he's not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness. He's not slack. You can depend upon the promises of God. He, said, he said, if, if he says there in Philippians, chapter 4 and verse number 19 I shall supply all thy need. Folks, he will supply all your need. He might not give you your wants, but he will give you everything you need. You can trust him. You can depend on him because he changes not. And that's how we know if the Christians will get serious for revival. He will bring revival. This is, this is a fact. This is a given fact. So folks, we need to learn that there's some basics for revival, yes, yeah. folks. We need to learn there is a burden for revival. But once we've got that down pat, there will be a blessing Amen. of revival. We'll receive revival come. I'm going to give you two quick stories. I'll be done and preach. You come. You right. close out how you see fit. Winston Churchill, in the Second World War, received a letter of unconditional surrender from Hitler. We were all on the beaches, Dunkirk. We were being evacuated. Hitler thought he had us all on the run. So he sent this letter to Churchill. He said, you can keep your empire. You can keep your monarchy. You can, you can do as, as you want. You just have to report back to me. I guarantee this. Winston Churchill looked down that letter. He says, I guarantee that Hitler's guarantees guarantee nothing. And with that, he rolled that piece of paper up and threw it in the trash can. And very publicly, he said this. He said, I'll fight you on the beaches. I'll we'll fight you in the landing fields. I'll we'll fight you in the fields. I'll we'll fight you in the air. And he said, we will never surrender. If anyone could have surrendered, it could have been Habakkuk and said, I- I'm not doing this. Look, everyone around me don't want to do right. What about if Noah had thrown in the towel? As, we, as Brother Ken mentioned, what about if Noah had thrown in the towel? What about if Habakkuk had thrown in the towel back then? What about if the preacher that got you saved threw in the town? Oh, my. Very publicly, he said, We will never surrender, dear Christian. I'm begging you this morning. Look the devil square in the eyes, spiritually speaking, and say, Devil, I'm never going to surrender. So long as God gives me breath in my body and the Bible in my arm. Fight, devil, I'll fight you in my home.
8: Yeah.
9: Devil, I'll fight you in the streets. And, Devil, if I have to. I'll fight you in the church house. Yeah, yeah. You better believe he tries to enter every church yeah. service. You better believe he's here too. Yeah. I'll fight you in the church house. And devil, I will never surrender. Secondly, I want to say this. Back in 1982, the Argentinians invaded a little island off the coast of Argentina called the Falcon Islands. Yep. British owned. And Margaret Thatcher, the Iron Lady, yeah. the Prime Minister at the time, she convened the cabinet to see what action Britain was going to take. Yep. After hours of deliberation, she came, uh, the, the cabinet came back and said, Prime Minister, we believe the best course of action would be for us to do nothing. With disgust and shock on her face, she looked around the cabinet and said, Do nothing. She said, What possible good can come from us doing nothing? She said, we must do something. She said, they are British citizens. And this country has sworn an oath to protect all its citizens, no matter where they are. She said, we must do something. And the history would have it. We went over there and we, we liberated the island from the Argentines again. But Folks, I submit to you her same question. What possible good can come from Christians doing nothing? I submit to you this morning, we must do something you say, well, I can't stand out and hand out tracks." That's fine. But you can pray, right? You have a secret place. You can, you can do something. I beg you this morning. You know, if you go to the Oregon Trail and you look down, it might be a little bit more grassy and covered over than it was back a hundred years ago or, or how many ever years it was. But if you look down, you still see the cart tracks. That's right. Can I tell you, dear church, that a, that a pathway is never already paved. Mm. A pathway is always trodden. Oh, yeah. But because we can go and see those cart tracks... Yeah. We can still follow those contracts. We can still go the way they went. And I'm begging you, dear Christian, for your children's sake, for your grandchildren's sake, for their grandchildren's sake, we cannot throw in the towel because they're relying on us. We must do something for them. And folks, I'm begging you, do not let America go down the same pathway that my country has gone. You are the ones to change this thing right now. I'm begging you. If we love America, the most patriotic country I know, we stand for the flag and we kneel for the cross. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we kneel at the cross today and why don't we beg, beg God to do something for America Amen. once again. That beg God that America will be on fire once again. That beg God that, that, that decisions will be made in His favor. If We love America today, which I believe we do, and we love Amen. Jesus. Why don't we just put the two and two together? And literally, we can as Americans. You can still say for king and country because we do have a king. Yeah. A high king, a king above all kings, a king yeah. above the king of England. Amen. Yeah. I'm begging you, don't surrender. My plea is, you will not surrender. You will not throw in the towel. You will not sit on your hands and do nothing. I'm begging you, please. Amen, There's someone in a foreign country Amen. relying on this crowd of people here this morning.
0: Right. Preaching, you <laughs> can. There's a couple things we're going to do, and I ask your indulgence. I know what time it is. I'm just going to ask you to give us a couple minutes this morning. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. Every head bowed and eye closed. You say, Preacher, the message spoke to me. I want to, I want to do a little bit more for the cause of Christ in the days ahead. Pray for me. Can I see your hand slip? Boy, I'm seeing an awful lot all over the building. You can put them down. You can put them down. Is there anyone here this morning that would just be honest and say, preacher, I'm not even sure I'm saved this morning. Not even sure I'm saved. If the Lord were to come today, I'm not sure heaven would be my home, pray for me. Anyone like that this morning? All right, here's what we're gonna do. You can look this way for just a second. Give me a few minutes, folks. I know what time it is. Rob, I want you to come right over here, buddy. And Amanda, I want you to come right here. Miss Lisa, if you'll keep playing. Renee, I want you to come over here with Amanda, Brother Ken, if you'll come over here with Rob. And I'm going to ask any of our, first of all, our preachers and their wives, our deacons and their wives first. If you'll kind of disaggregate men, if you'll come over here. And ladies, if you'll come over here. I know it's going to get tight, but we're going to pray for these folks. Get as comfortable as you can. And then if there's anybody else that wants to join now, come on and make your way. Anybody else that wants to join, family especially, anybody else that wants to join, you all come on. I know it's going to be a little tight, but you all come on this morning. We're going to pray and we ask your indulgence. In fact, if you'd like to be seated, go ahead and be seated. Please give us five minutes this morning. Be seated if you'd like. Thank you for your patience with us this morning. We are honored and privileged to support 70 plus missionaries, but we're we love these folks. You know why? Because they're us. They're one of ours. What a blessing. I hate getting emotional. Fellas, if you'd come on and make your way down this morning, we're gonna. Do an offering for them, and our church is going to add to it. This is to help them with their moving expenses. Understand that when they get to England, they got to set up house. They're taking clothes, but they got to set up house. They got to buy everything. Everything. So I want you to give as generously as you can. If you utilize our online platform, there's already a category on there. Go ahead and tap it, and you can give. Lord, thank you for the presence this morning. Bless the offering now in Christ's name. Amen. Take off, fellas. stand together. Rob, Amanda, I want you all to go to the back if you don't mind. I know there's a lot of folks that want to speak to you. Couldn't get up here to the front. You all go to the back there. I don't think Amanda would mind me sharing this not long after they started on deputation and we're back here at the church. Amanda came to talk to me and Renee, and Rob was with her, and she said, Preacher, I'm not sure I fit the mold of the typical pastor's wife, Baptist preacher. And I looked at her, and I said, God didn't save you to be anybody other than you. You be you. Let him make you the best you you can be, but you be you, and God will bless it. And man, has he ever. I I I just love him. Lord, thank you for your presence. Thank you for meeting with us. Bless us now as we depart. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. Cast crew, 5 o'clock tonight. 5 o'clock, we start at 6. You're dismissed.